From multiple attempted locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. For this week, in a first for the program, your nice hosts are going to revisit and expand a game from a previous Nice Games Jam. Will it work? We, and you, are about to find out. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Now? Now we start now? <laughs> start now. <laughs> Immediately, let's get into it. Start uh, making okay. Ellen, did you start the clock? <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. No, I didn't. <laughs> Here we go. So, listeners who heard our Robostin episode, which I think isn't that many episodes ago now, but about three yeah. or four, um, mm-hmm. we wanted to actually revisit it. Once we had the idea to revisit it, we wanted to get to it as quick as possible. Um, but yeah. if you didn't hear that episode, uh, it was a live version of Nice Games Jam that we did for 2DCon. Um, and uh, uh, also, we helped raise some money for Able Gamers Charity, which was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. for that one, we were in a time slot as part of this co- online convention. So we really were like n- limited to an hour. And we mm-hmm. we got it. I think we were like an hour or two, maybe. <laughs> I think we might have yeah. played a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a lot of fun. This time, um, we're not... We still, you know, roughly an hour, but we're not, we don't have a clock this time. Uh, so it's, yes. it's in that way, more like a normal nice games jam episode, but instead of a new prompt, <laughs> oh, Ellen's got the timer in front of us. Oh, that's very cruel, Ellen. She thought, said it. I thought you meant to start a timer. 57 minutes <laughs> remaining, <laughs> folks. Uh, <laughs> unlike most normal, unlike most nice jam games jam episodes, we do not have a prompt. We are, in fact, just taking what we made at the last one, and we're going part two. Why are we doing yeah. that? What what led us to uh, make that decision? That that's a good question. No, <laughs> I think Stephen, well, I thought I you were prepared. Time, <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> every time we um we do a nice games jam, um, I think we're always like, oh man, it's really this was a really cool game. I would love to like continue this. I want this to be a real game so I could play it. Yeah. Um. This time we just decided to call our own bluffs, I guess. <laughs> <Do it. laughs> but like, I'm excited about this one too. Cause like, um, I think part of it, like what's exciting about this is because we built it in a, such a condensed format mm-hmm. than like we normally would have it like led to a bunch of decisions. Um, and I think that the, the game is compelling, um, what, what, with what we ended up having. But like, I think that there's a, there's a lot of ways we can refine it. And I think it would be interesting for us as part of it and listeners uh, listening to us, like to see what a part two um, of a, 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 a refinement session looks like. Yeah. So yeah. at least for us. So yeah, I think it'll be cool. I'm very curious if we end up, I mean, we'll know soon enough, but if we end up adding more or if it's really more about refining what we had, uh, I think, I think we'll want to do both, but I'm curious. Yeah. I am very curious where we'll end up. Um, uh, Ellen, do you want to tell listeners who maybe don't have time this very minute to go listen to that episode or maybe need a refresher uh, what it is we ended up with last time? Yeah, so we were, um, you know, we were working on doing kind of like a, a card, uh, kind of rapid card game. Um, you play around a table with three to eight people. And the idea is that you are kind of scientists collaboratively, scientists and engineers collaboratively working on building a robot to help save a city or save, you know, overcome some disaster. So we ended up with a few different decks that you'd be drawing from. Um, A deck of robot parts, which you get to draw from to help build your robot. A deck of uh, 
like group objectives. This is these are the you know this is the scenario that your your robot needs to be able to overcome in order for the team to say that you were successful. And then one deck of secret player roles because you can't just have a robot and then like have a, a situation that the robot has to overcome. You also have to have like secret evil scientist stuff. So <laughs> yes. Um, so the idea, idea is that you, you know, you'd have your, you'd have your limbs your, and your processors and your body cards for the robot parts. And everyone would see the shared scenario that you have to build and overcome. But the information that would stay secret from round to round, even as you reveal parts is what's your secondary objective. And so to actually win a round of Roboston, you have to, you have to meet your, um, your player role, uh, your individual player role's objective. And for many roles that we considered, that part of that objective was you have to beat the scenario, but not for everyone. Sometimes you might, like the saboteur, for example, uh, wants to make the group fail their um, their objective. So there's a little bit of like hidden information going on. Yeah. Um, and we tried to keep it really simple because we had an hour. Uh, but I also just think that's kind of good practice when you're starting out with something like this. You want to test it a bit before you start adding stuff. So we... Um, we kept it pretty simple, and now we're going to start refining, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ellen, you had a great observation in that episode, which is that we were, we were coming up with these random ideas. Like, maybe we could try this, maybe we could try that. And that's normal, and that's healthy. Uh, and it's good to write those down for later or whatever. But I think um, you described things in terms of dynamics. And uh, and what was, uh, as we were trying to get closer to a, a playtestable state, like, what would be useful a good use of our 10 minutes uh, mm -hmm. in that sense. And I thought that was a pretty good insight um, that applies to our uh, very condensed game jams, game jams in general, but also full scale productions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we start, there's a couple of meta things we want to talk about. Yeah. We got we got regular business. <laughs> <laughs> regular business. Yeah. Minor business, but uh, it's important stuff. Yeah. Wanted to keep you informed. Um, Astro Gunners, who... You know what? The the Saudi bros who are developing that game, they are local Minnesotans. Um, but I don't think they've been on the show before. I don't think so. We should, we should maybe try to get them on the show. Um, at any it. rate, it is a local, it's a locally developed shoot 'em up um, um, that is out on uh, early access on Steam. Um, we'll put some links in the in the show notes for you. But uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's it's fun um, mm -hmm. as a a local uh, shoot 'em up developer myself. I yeah. got test for it. <laughs> It's been so fun to watch Fingence and Astral Gunners, two games that have a superficial similarities and the depth that they both go to and in different ways and how much fun yeah. it is to play both of them. And I, I'm yeah. sure it's been fun as the designers of one of those games to inter, you know, to talk with those guys and go back and forth and like share each other's learnings. Yeah. And like, this is a choice we're making. Well, we're not making that choice, but it's interesting. Like <laughs> even, even that, like it gives you more like, it's interesting, like as a, as a, a like a two pack. It, uh, I really like these yeah. two games and Astro Gunners Ooh. is in a place now where it, you can, you can get your hands on it now and see what we've been raving about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And also um, there are some things if you, if you've seen or played Fingence, um in the past, there are some things that like have been inspired from Astro Gunners. And I think there are some things in Astro Gunners that have been inspired from Fingence. Mm -hmm. Like we build upon each other too, because of mm -hmm. that. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, check it out. Uh, and yeah, like I said, we'll put links in the show notes. For you. With that news out of the way, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so like in terms of how Robostin works, I think that like like what I really enjoyed about it 
was that the um there are ways or the hidden cards that you have like influenced your play, but it's pretty easy to like hide your intentions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um with the with the current setup we have, like all oh, the cards I made during the jam were kind of, you know, wacky, but they work. Um it's so it's easy to hide your intentions, but what I don't like about it is like there's no way once you if you figure out that um Ellen is the saboteur, there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to prevent Ellen from saboteuring. Mm. Sabotaging. I see. There's no saboteur. mechanic by which you could use that information. Right. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Currently, there's not. So, so, uh, so we should wa- talk a little bit about uh, how it is you can find that out. So, when you have yeah. your deck of robot parts, you, everyone plays a, a, a card in a round, and then that helps mm-hmm. assemble the robot. And the robot has limited amount of slots that you could put a limb or a brain or whatever. And we try right. to be very cr- uh, simple and crude with what our categories. Um, uh, and we may want to expand upon that uh, now, but um, each of those parts uh, changes the overall stat of the robot. So it adds strength mm-hmm. or it adds uh, defense or it adds intelligence. Those are our three stats. Like, And it's independent of what type it is. So even though it's a brain, might not increase the intelligence stat as much as a limb might. And that's just because these are just numbers to us right now. Um, so right. It, it worked for the system we're working. But if I am the person who wants the, my, my secret objective is for the, as was the case in the, when we play tested, that I want the robot to be the smartest. I want it to uh, have the most intelligence. I want to play a card that has more intelligence on it. But if I play a card that has a lot of intelligence, but a lot more defense, say, then mm-hmm. my goal is to add more intelligence. But you don't know that's why I played that card. And having those right. different stats, I think, was the reason for that. One of the things that Ellen's idea, which we weren't able to get to, but was in the episode, which is that some we should have some negative numbers so that you can yeah. sneak mm-hmm. sneakily reduce a stat under the guise of raising another one. And that gives yeah. more opportunities for strategic play and more opportunities for suspicious behavior and mm-hmm. and, and more table talk, which is kind of nice. But what you're saying yeah. is that even with all of that, what happens when you figure it out or you think you've figured it out? What? Yeah. Well, actually, I don't that, think we have any systems good... for that, really. We we technically don't but now that i think about it um because of the way that like you can only put certain um, number of parts onto your robot um that there is a system in place to deny people the ability to like put in influential or important parts for them so Uh like for example uh mark you were saying that like or you brought up that like technically intelligence it doesn't matter where you put um it doesn't matter what part you put on there it'll give you a certain amount of intelligence Mm -hmm. but we can maybe make it so that like brain parts or processors or something generally speaking give you more intelligence than other parts do Um, oh you know what it could be um yeah uh to that end but not necessarily make the the head the car and we need to have terminology for this but the cards that (laughs) the robot parts that go in the head space we don't necessarily need Mm -hmm. to make those tend to have higher intelligence numbers what we could say Uh is that a, a card placed in that spot has a multiplier so it could be that oh. it's our cards could just be stats and in, yeah, and okay. they could go in any slot. Yeah. So there's two okay. choices you make. What uh-huh. what uh, stats you're giving the robot and where you're putting it. Um, okay. there, mm. There's some more balance. So the idea then is that it might be a little harder to be sneaky in that case, right? Like I have a, a card that has 50 intelligence, but I put it in the arm slot, um, even though the arm has a 0.8 multiplier on intelligence. Because how yeah. smart is an arm? Right. Um, but that's still a high number, right? And that's that's a way uh, for me to get use most of the value of my card without necessarily revealing that that's what I'm going for. 
because that yeah. card also has 10 attack and I'm like, oh man, this is the only attack cards I have. Oh, sucks to be me. Like, and other uh, players could <laughs> fall for that or they could fall not fall for that terrible attempt at mm. subterfuge. Um, yeah. <laughs> that might be a way to do that. That's interesting. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, and then as a, as a, you can deny your opponent by, you know, trying, yeah, like trying to fill up uh, the head part, which gives you a times two multiplier and intelligence stuff. And put no brains in there, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you put no brains in there, and so that it will deny, like, the scientists, intelli- the people who want the most intelligence, um, that opportunity. That yeah. It could work. It would feel pretty crappy if those get all filled up. Um, yeah, this has to be robu- a system that's relatively robust because I, yeah, uh, it is extremely exploitable, just as I've described it. Whereas our previous yeah. system was that uh, uh, certain cards only worked in these certain parts. And that just, um, but allowing anything, anything to go anywhere means we have to have other systems to regulate that. Right. Yeah. Or we have to have more slots. Like we have to have like eat the head has 10 processor scores or whatever. Or, and then, yeah. and you don't have to fill them all or, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be even beyond the scope of our second round here to actually develop something that robust. But I think one thing to think about is if we do something like that, where you are able to put any stat card into any slot, it does make it, I think me perhaps a little bit difficult to make the aesthetics part of that fun. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you're super right. Um, it makes it does just make everything numbers, which I'm usually not yeah. in favor of. So, <laughs> so true. that that's a problem that's introduced by this. The question is, is is yeah. solving that problem worth whatever other benefit that a system like that can provide, or is there some sort of half measure that doesn't feel like a half measure? Like maybe an arm card. It's an arm card, but you could put it on the head, but at a cost mm-hmm. of fifty percent of its stats. So it could mm-hmm. be you could come at it from the other way. You know, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate, that's an issue I have with it. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. That, like, yeah, it's, it's difficult to like coordinate an attack. Okay, and like it, the the way that like th- this is different from like mafia, at least the way that we have it currently, mm-hmm. in that like people who are of antagonizing positions do not know of uh, there are other people who are of antagonizing positions. That makes sense. So like in mafia, if you're the murderer and there are two other murderers you know who the other murderers are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in this game you just get a role distributed to you and like me and Ellen could be saboteurs but we would not know that we were each other saboteurs unless we figured it out yeah I my, in my conception of it I was thinking that that, that there were all roles would be unique oh all of yeah. them would be unique okay yeah I mean we were playing the three of us so that yeah. that made a lot of sense there but if it's like eight players mm-hmm. then yeah. I, I I almost think that like the way this game would work is that in order for you to be able to support more than more players than we currently have roles, then we would need to design another role. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the box I would like to put around it, but I'm happy to okay. hear otherwise because our game does not have an opinion on that right now, technically. Yeah, yeah well, we we might need more stats in order to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. But then, yeah. So the we the what complexity are we adding? Additional roles and goals, or uh, uh, teams? Right. Um, I think we should, I think we should be careful about how many things we're changing at once. Right. Sure. So, oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. You know, like we've put together like a, since we're all in different places and we don't really have a game. So it didn't really feel like, oh yeah, let's set up our session on Astral Tabletop and start rolling stuff. Yeah. Um, we've put together a real sexy spreadsheet, uh, <laughs> 
to help us kind of think through this stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we got a couple of things. Like we haven't tried the negative numbers for stats things yet to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really sure. I don't know. I think we should maybe like take a take a beat, fill out some ideas for those for some of the stuff that we have, and then play test it and then figure out what we want to like what variable what what new thing we want to introduce next. Okay. So normally when we do a nice games jam, we are only ever able to play test once. Um mm-hmm. but now we have we've already have we already have a game in front of us. So you want to just mm-hmm. make the tiniest of tweaks and then get to a play test. Is what you're thinking. I th- I think so because I think it'll be I think it'll make it clear if we have like a fresh play test in our minds. Okay. Yeah. What we want to change next and through the magic magic of audio editing, it can take like very little time to set up. <laughs> All right. So as Ellen was saying, we have a spreadsheet that we've uh, put together our, our various cards um, that have various stats. And if if um, so, what we'll do is let's add those negative numbers, and okay. and then maybe we just run through it. And so it's really not that different, but it's just a bit of a refresher. Is that kind of a good place to start? Do you think? I think so. Hey folks, Mark here from the future editing this episode right now. At this point in the show, uh, we stopped the tape, or rather we had planned to, and then we were going to just sort of put together the boring spreadsheet stuff uh, that wouldn't be interesting for the episode. But we did in fact leave the recording running just for our own convenience. And listening to this section now, there's a couple pieces that are kind of interesting where we do some gameplay talk because, you know, we kind of can't help ourselves. So what I'm going to do for the next little montage here, I'm going to take out the most interesting bits uh, based on my judgment. Uh, ones that are the least embarrassing to us as a team. And I'm going to just play them back to back for you before we get back into uh, the episode and our first playtest of the second version of Roboston. So this all might seem out of context, but I hope it'll be uh, sort of interesting and entertaining and will sort of inform your understanding of uh, not just the game that we're making, but sort of our design thinking. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Let us know. NiceGames.club slash feedback. Should we just like max of every... Maximum five, minimum negative three. Sure. Yeah. That's okay. Good. Yeah. One of the things that actually it would be a change from last time is like there, it's like the the psychology of big numbers. Like five equals a, a small amount, ten equals a medium amount, thirty is a big amount. And mm-hmm. but the difference between that and say one, two, and three is actually a like a or is a magnitude. It's like a different curve for like yeah what a high stat is. And so it actually yeah. does change the game a lot, but we have not done any kind of analysis to know what effect that does or doesn't have. So I'm okay with mm-hmm. again randomly picking numbers because it's not it's not going to change anything, even though it will be different. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right. So if there is forty cards, then twenty of them will be limbs. Oh man! But I didn't come up with cool ideas for forty. <laughs> well, eight yeah. of them are tentacles. It's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll just double it. That's fine. I have no idea whether these numbers are fair or a good idea. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's well, evenly distributed, so. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the objectives. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I know the first time we tried it, it was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also cool. This isn't a spreadsheet because then, like, we can just copy it. And change things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And have a record of all the different mechanics. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, actually. Where should we put stats that we're currently adding? I should put them. Oh, Mark. What? 
I don't like this way that the spreadsheet is. Uh, it's okay. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> I think your response of uh, was exactly the right thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, I should not have been given charge of the scenarios. I'm putting puns in now. That's literally what we would want. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that's a bad thing? I don't understand. <laughs> I've been playing, uh, I bought a whole bunch of like tiny card games a while back mm-hmm. just to have like, just, you know, sitting around, you need something to do. Yeah. And one of them was uh, called Weird Alchemy. And it's just this tiny, like one deck, um, not like slightly bigger than a playing card, like, like double the size, but basically like your, you and your fellow players are, are all alchemists and your, your, your experiments are going wrong. And so you have to like pass your messes to the other alchemists to try to like blame the the, the failed experiments on these other folks. It's, oh, pretty, wow. it's pretty zany, but the art is amazing. And I kind of keep imagining this robust and game as having this a similar art style. What was the name of this game? Weird Alchemy. It's like a madcap game. You end up having like a bunch of people around and you're just like throwing cards across the table. It's pretty fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Someday when we're allowed to be together in person again, we can play. Yeah. Okay, what else do we need here? Uh, I put in where we could have the current stats of the robot in the section to the left oh, yeah. of the robot parts deck. Oh, and then uh, I made a random, I made a list of the different roles that we can distribute those randomly to. So I'm not the warmonger again, or I might be, you won't know. Okay, so I, I ran, I generated a random st- sets that would randomize the numbers three two and one so we will each get a roughly even number of body head and limb cards okay so this is a randomizer as if the body head and limb decks were separate and then we flip them out like this if they were all mixed in then it wouldn't work like it wouldn't be so evenly distributed um Mm -hmm. but i accidentally did it this way so so it goes okay (laughs) so uh you know ellen is one i'm two steven's three or whatever sounds good I'm the third, after all. And I think I entered this correct. Any mistakes I make, so it goes. Oh. <laughs> I think I will add, um, if I could add a rule to our game jam. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you draw a card that doesn't have a name, please add a name. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. I like it. Oh, I keep clicking. Ooh, conditional formatting, Mark. Yes. I love conditional formatting. It's very good. It's my very favorite. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we're recording this because I feel like we should clip some of it into like an ep- like part of the episode. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Mark here from the edit bay again. Uh, I swear I didn't realize that Ellen had already made this suggestion in our little outtake section here, but it makes a lot of sense because like all good ideas, uh, Ellen had it first. I feel like I should add another scenario where like a wind farm goes crazy. And attack. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, the wind diff- farm is farming humans. Ah! <laughs> okay, so I'm blue. Yeah. And you're, wait, no, you're blue. No, you're blue. Okay, I'm blue. Are we ready to get back on air? Uh, yes. I think so. Okay. Okay, so, listeners. We have just gone into the time hole and uh, entered a bunch of stuff in our spreadsheet. 
yeah. mainly creating these cards because that was the, the 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 challenge we set for ourselves when we did this last time was like oh let's make three decks of cards <laughs> and uh luckily we quickly came up with a strategy to make it work but this time we figured we've got the time hole let's use it um so we went away we uh made a deck of 40 cards for robot parts um ellen also put together the scenario pack um and uh did, did we get around to making the the um the third deck or the rolls, the rolls? Uh, the rolls? i used the same rolls from previously okay okay so good. we're good um I just need to randomly generate them <laughs> And we, in order to find, to randomize these, so each card, each, um, and then we split it up. So we each have our own, we, de we dealt the cards as well. So we each have our own deck of 13 to 14 cards, and they each have an equal number of body parts, head parts, and limb parts. Um, so it's like they were like three decks, body, head, and limb that were, you know, shuffled to all of us. Each of them have three stats, a defense stat, a, a attack stat, and an intelligence stat. And, um... They each have fun names that Ellen mostly came up with, and then we filled in a couple <laughs> extras at the end. Yeah. So that'll be great. Um, and each scenario requires the robot totally to have a certain number of these kinds of stats. Um, Ellen, do you want to describe uh, maybe one or two of them, and then we can pick one at random? For the scenarios? Yeah. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we've got... <laughs> We've got three scenarios to choose from. I was in the middle of making a fourth one, but it might be too scary for a podcast. <laughs> um, so the first the first scenario that we might be facing is giant mutant tree attack. Uh. So it's not just a giant tree. It's also a mutant tree. Mm. And it's, it's leafing downtown a total mess. Um, the stats required to beat the giant mutant tree are offense 21, defense 16, and int 8. Because it's a tree. It's probably not that smart. Yeah. Um, no offense to trees, you know, it's not what they're known for. Mm -hmm. uh, we have alien invasion. They're slimy and they have the wrong number of eyes. Stats required offense 13, defense 21, and int 16. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then the third one is Bagger 388, which is a giant real-life mining machine. Um, <laughs> this mining robot has gained sentience as it, and is scooping up the suburbs. <laughs> Stats needed offense 13, defense 13, and intelligence 23. Well, I don't consider that last one so much a problem worth worth uh, my attention. So, um, <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe, uh, I, although I, any of them are probably fine, Stephen, which yeah. uh, I guess we can pick one. I guess uh, in this game, we would be randomly selecting one. But, I, but there's also some argument to be like, uh, before you know what hands you have, what roles you have. It might be part of the mechanics for the team to pick a, a scenario, right? Yeah. And in our yeah, game currently, there's just these threshold stats that we need to get and fun mm -hmm. flavor text. But perhaps in a fully <laughs> developed game, there'd be more uh, mechanics associated with each scenario that would make that choice interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Or or, is, mean, or I, do we do we deal them out randomly? I don't know. Um, I I mean, uh, I guess for the purposes of what we're doing, we can just pick. Yes. I, yes. I do think that like. It could be I think it would be more interesting and potentially like more um, accessible for people if we have objectives people can pick mm -hmm. because like we can make different objectives more with different difficulty levels. So people oh, who are like sure. really yeah, experienced yeah. with the game could have like harder stats to mm. I like that. Um, yeah, right. That um, justifies it as a, as a as a mechanic, which I like a lot. Yeah, cool. At any rate, I think we should deal with this alien invasion thing because they're slimy and I don't like the number of eyes they have. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a vague number of eyes, yeah, but it's I mean, definitely wrong. It's a little intolerant, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one's going to require uh, offensive 13, defense 21, intelligence yeah. 16. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is more of a, a batten down the hatches kind of uh, battle. All right. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to get. And each of these cards has, has modifiers for those three stats ranging from negative three to positive five. And we've randomly distributed them. And we used a, a website called random.org, which has a bunch of randomization tools that are really, really fun uh, when you need to get a bunch of things quickly. Uh, and that's what we did for this purpose. So there's no balance uh, or um, uh, you know game designery uh, attention paid to what these numbers are. We're just testing the systems, uh, which is mm -hmm. sort of similar to what we did last time. We just have a little bit more materials in front of us now. Um, and we've, we've, we've set out the hands in each or the deck that are the cards that are in each of ours hand. And, yeah. uh, we now have ro a roll deck, uh, which we now need right. to pick rolls. And yes, these were secret when we did them last time, but we were kind of, they were open secrets just for the purposes of our demo here, right. but yeah. there's three of us in three rolls. So if we did distribute these randomly in a way that none of us could know what the other ones are, we were only we would we'd only have one one or the other in terms of the other players like ooh can can Dale just come in and tell us who we are oh wait yeah <laughs> that's a good that. idea <laughs> yeah all right i'm going to i'm going to start the memory hole again uh, okay. i'm, I'm going to go run and get dale and then she can just uh, text us uh, send us messages on discord privately for each of awesome. yes all right that's brilliant i'm excited to play this yeah yeah me too Okay, so we have our rolls deck. We have our three rolls, and there's three of us. And yes, thank you, Dale. Uh, Warmonger, scientist, and saboteur. Ellen, do you want to walk through what those rolls are? Warmonger, you need to, at the end of the scenario, you have to win by one of completing the scenario. So you have to complete the objective, um, and that's a team goal. But then you also have to have built a bot that has more offense than any other stat value. So if you have those conditions at the end of the scenario, then the warmonger wins. Um, the scientist is the same. Your team has to complete the objective and beat the baddie. But uh, for the scientist to win, the second condition is the robot has to have more intelligence value than any other stat. Um, and then the currently final role, I mean, I think the idea is eventually we'd have a lot more than this. Yeah. But the third role that we're playing with for this playthrough is the saboteur, which is um, you want the team to lose the objective. Now, to Stephen's point earlier, <laughs> we don't really have anything that happens when you, if you figure something out. Um, so we'll have to figure that out at some point. But yeah, I think we can get started. The other thing that we haven't explained to listeners yet who are not familiar with the previous episode is that the way of the turn orders go, which I can run yeah. through really quickly. Each turn, we each play a part to add to the robot, and the robot has a certain number of available slots. Each card is a, a limb, a body, or a head, and then has those stats. And um, the robot, as we've described it, and uh, which, you know, maybe there'll be future robot mainframes, but here our robot can have four limbs or accessories, I guess, one body and one brain. So this game is going to go very quickly. Yeah, make sure you have your die up just in case, like if we are competing for a head placement or something you got to roll a die so whoever gets the highest gets that place yeah so we each pick a thing and then reveal um what uh what it is, or what type of, of body part it is right yep mm -hmm. all right 
So I'm taking a look at mine now and what and see if I can get my objectives going. Oh, I've got strategies. I've got plans. I'm oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make sure I, I get the um Oh, wait, hold on. In front of me. My plan's ruined already. <laughs> already? <laughs> I, I, I looked at what I have and uh Okay. We might be all right. <laughs> we can salvage this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> well, I've Oof. got my first card play. I've got mine as well. Um, Ellen, you've got yours picked? Yes. Okay, so here we would play them on the table, and yep. the type of card it is would be revealed on the back of the card. So we would all yes. know what type of card we're playing. We wouldn't know the stats yet. Mine is a head okay. card. Mine is also a head card. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a body card. Okay, Dang. so... Uh, Ellen's uncontested, so uh, yes. Ellen, <laughs> what's what's uh, you would flip over, I guess, what your body card is, and we would learn what its stats are. So my body card has a name because some of ours already have names. It's called the Abs of Aggression, and <laughs> the the stats are offense five, defense negative two, and int zero. Okay, and then Stephen, okay. you and I would have to flip a coin or roll a die, roll a die or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um I rolled a one. <laughs> I oh, did too. We're going, we're going low. Oh, you did too? Oh. <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> going low. Yeah. Are we going low? Uh, no, roll, no, we should go. All right, let's roll again. All right. I got a six. I got a three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so my card is the one body. that that gets it. Um and we <laughs> talked about in the previous episode, like what mechanisms we might have to resolve these differences. For now, a die roll works for us. Um yep. so my okay. card is uh it's called the multi-core it's a multi-core processor we're putting in the head it has um zero offense has four defense so countering a little bit of what ellen has done and negative three intelligence so it has very i guess it has a very bad (laughs) single threaded performance i don't know um okay (laughs) steven by the way is one of us keeping track of the total points this robot has i i am yeah okay good (laughs) i didn't think to ask that earlier um all right so then steven you need to pick a new one but here's the, here's a, yes. here's a question about procedure. Like, mm-hmm. um, is it like Stephen loses the battle between us, but I revealed yeah. what my stats were. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Then Stephen has more information to make his, his, uh, secondary choice. Cause that's kind of a balancing mechanic, right? Like you lost the battle, but on what slot to pick, but you get a little yeah. bit more information. Like that's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is. I mean, I don't have enough info. Like if I want to, uh, I well, guess you, I do have a lot of information. Yeah, let's say Ellen and I both had like negative uh, uh, offense on both our cards and you were the warmonger. You would then yeah. make sure that, oh, now I'm definitely going for it, even if it reveals my position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it better to, uh, and th- that actually gives you some information that we were talking about. Like um, uh, this mechanic gives you a way to react. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose it does. And it's it's a gimme for someone who loses the opportunity to pick the slot they wanted, you know? Yeah, that means there needs to be a lot of uh, more conflict then if we want this to be the 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 interaction factor, right? Like maybe we can have a whole bunch of different kinds of parts, like maybe with their we could split the limbs up into different kinds. of. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, we would want to have. Yeah, yeah. Like vision core and like uh, um, not just limbs, but like limbs and then each limb has a certain number of like weapon slots or something we could make it yeah not too complicated yeah. but we could have it more yeah, I def- yeah but let's assume that's coming down the i think pipe. we'll want to have it a- um all right steven what is your what is your second choice 
So I okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Do I get a second choice, or do we just have to go to the next round and I just get no choice? I think you do get a second choice. Okay, because like it, I'm, it feels I'm like, comfortable with me just losing my choice. To be perfectly honest, but, really. Uh, I mean, as as a as a developer, I'm cool with it. Yeah, as yeah, a player, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, you could play a whole um, game because then that that means that some players will have a greater uh, influence over the robot. But if that's the case, and I don't, as a mechanic, I like that too. But it means we have to do something better than a die roll. Right. Yeah, some, I agree. Some mechanic that's better than a die roll. It, but mm-hmm. um, otherwise, but otherwise, I like the, uh, you randomly lost the die roll. You then get the advantage of something else right now. I th- I really like the idea of you picking a secondary thing. OK, yeah, I think that makes sense, too, because the advantage is I know more information. Yeah. Ellen, um, what do you I think? didn't get the thing I wanted. Oh, yeah. Ellen, what do you think? I think it works for a smaller number of players, but we'll have to be careful when we have like if we're saying it's going to support up to eight, that could end up taking something that's supposed to feel really fast and really slowing it down. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's, you know, for now, I think that we can just play where you get a second chance. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it might end up being uh, overpowered too, right? Because it might be too mm-hmm. much information. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, I just... Uh, you gotta pick a limb because that's all that's left. Yes, I will pick. I have my limb choice. Mm-hmm. It will be the stomper. Mm. <laughs> um, yes, and it has a value of one in offense, negative three in defense, and five in intelligence. Okay, so what is our current robot stats after the first round? Um, okay, so we currently have uh, plus six in offense, uh, zero in defense, and plus two in intelligence. Okay. So oh, boy. We're not looking super great, especially since we need a lot of defense to complete this alien invasion thing and you know yeah. beat these aliens. And there are three uh, limb slots. And there's three, so we just we this is just one one more round to make this happen. Uh huh. Right. Yep. So these numbers aren't balanced, okay. but that's fine. Well, let's just yeah. let's assume that it's possible. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and let's go okay. ahead and make our our next round choice. Yeah, I've got options. I know what I'm doing. Wait, mm-hmm. yes, I definitely do. We can do this. We just have to cooperate. <laughs> Wait, can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually. Well, it's fine. It'll be fine. I'm sure. Okay, I've picked mine. Okay, I got mine. I, I picked mine too. All right, they're all limbs. We know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, mine is the pogo stick. And <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it has uh, negative one uh, offense, Ooh, negative okay. two defense. Oh, no. And zero intelligence. Oh, I wonder what role Mark is. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's the last round. It's time to put all our cards on the table to use a <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm. Uh, I picked the jet engine, um, which has plus three in uh, offense, mm-hmm. um, plus five in defense, and zero in intelligence. Okay. I have a concrete slab arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, it's offense four, defense three, and int two. Okay, so we ended up with what, Stephen? Uh, offense twelve, defense six, intelligence four. So not even close. We got we were one <laughs> we were one away. So what we needed was offensive thirteen, defensive twenty one, which are way off them, and yeah. intelligence sixteen. So uh, yeah. I know Ellen, when you came up with those thresholds, you had nothing to base it on. So you had no idea what a good number was. Um, yeah, well, and I, I realize now, like we changed really two variables since the previous build. First, mm-hmm. you know, I made these these target numbers higher because of how our first playthrough went. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also we introduced the negative numbers. 
And so that's, that's why we ended up with what we did. Right. Okay. So, um, I think the one failure of the playthrough is Mm -hmm. the, the really the only one is that, uh, two rounds doesn't give us a lot to work with. Um, we needed it last time because we were time constrained and it was really like a proof of concept here. I think the questions we're trying to answer about how the, how the players relate, interrelate with each other, I think Mm -hmm. requires a little bit more because after that first round, like there was no reason for me to hide the fact that I was, as you may have guessed, dear listener, the saboteur. (laughs) Um, and so I just picked the one that gives you negative values. Um, although interestingly, this is something that's up to the, you know, the, 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 the designer among us, Steven, probably who goes in on on the official spreadsheet, which is, I had a card that was negative, negative zero, (laughs) like, which is not a, I can't trick anybody into thinking that's a a valuable card. Right. Um, One thing that could service that in terms of having more variety in these cards and from a real game designer perspective, like actually being able to allow for randomizing their, them is, um, is having, uh, rather than targets having ranges. So you don't want it to be oh. too powerful or have too much defense or be too intelligent. Cause then it will, you know, uh, uh rule over all of us. Um, yeah. so that that would be a way to make the designer's job a little easier not having to go in and tweak every single stat on every single card, um, right. which might be a problem at, at scale. Yeah, well, I think it, I, it might be a problem at scale, but at the other, the other issue with that is a card like zero, zero, negative three, mm-hmm. um, and looking at the spreadsheet, like I see one that's like that, or negative one, zero, zero, like you're just never going to choose to play that. Oh, it's kind of, it's a dud in your hand. I think that you might choose to play that even if you're not the saboteur, if like the warmongers are running away with the warmonger, I guess, is running away with right. it and has way too much offense. Okay. Could, yeah, like, yeah, sabotage yeah, yeah. it and try to lower the amount of offense you have. Like if right. you're like way like let's say that the the objective is just like four, 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 you only need four stats in each thing. Yeah. Like that's super easy. And so like you're really competing so that your role wins. The saboteur <laughs> is trying really hard to make it. <laughs> The whole thing tank, yeah. Um, but like, um, I think that like in that instance, you might want to play a card that has you know negative offense and positive intelligence if you're a scientist and you want to win. Okay, I think yeah, that really actually I think solves my concern because mm-hmm. one of the things about like trying to uh, uh, trick the other players or, or be a little sneaky is not yeah. just that like <laughs> I'm trying to convince you that I'm not the saboteur is I want you to think that what I'm doing is in service of a different goal. Not just right. not saboteur, because that's yeah. not a very effective lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so having justifications for me to play negative values and also meaning like this is, oh, this is a real great card for a saboteur, but I can't find a justification for playing it that wouldn't yeah. uh, unmask me. Right. But uh, other times you'd be really lucky. You'd be like, oh, man, this one's got negative offense. And I know I could like totally play up because we're really doing great on, on off- offense. So I could totally play up the fact that I'm the scientist. Um, even mm-hmm. though I'm not. So yeah, all that's great. Um, yeah. Okay. I love it. Um, so let's, now we need to have a game that can last more than two rounds. Yeah. I yeah. Think we literally should, I think we should just literally double the amount of parts that you can have Yeah, for each thing. Yeah. I think, I think maybe even more than that, but yeah. Um, we could, yeah. And I think we could maybe come up with a couple, a couple more roles. Okay. Um, Okay. So now we're going to have a creepy eight-limbed robot. <laughs> yes. With two heads and two bodies. But just the normal amount of eyes, right, Stephen? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> what do you think? We're some kind of alien invading? 
Oh, this is <laughs> okay. Um, what? What? Okay. So, what other role options are there that we could uh, give each other? Um, well, th- there's no role. We have a role that maximizes offense, maximizes intelligence, but not one that maximizes defense. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm adding that and now. especially now that we have more roles than there's players, that is actually pretty useful to have. Yeah. Um. I guess there could be a role that's like you want everything to be even. The equalizer, right? Oh, that's right. really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like even, even, but like not within three. Within three, yeah. Yeah, you don't want you mm-hmm. want some balance. So that's that's good. And how difficult that would be based on how many opportunities you have and how each of the cards. Like it's not you're rarely going to have a card that has like zero zero three, and you need mm-hmm. three more of that. St- you know what I mean? So that might be yeah. too difficult a role to play, but it's definitely worth trying. Yeah, and then. What do I say we have one more? That way it's really, we have no idea if any of the three original ones are in play. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll the third one. Uh, Maybe the opposite of that. Uh, just an unbalanced robot. Um, Thematically, I don't know what to call that, but like, mm-hmm. say you want, you, if, that way with the, after round two, you see defense is running away with it. That's, you just start pouring into defense. You don't care. And then, sure. uh, and then that role maybe supersedes the the the, the as Ellen is now named the turtle. Um, uh, <laughs> it, they win unless the gulf is so wide. That also yeah. means that if you think that player is in play, and I'm the I'm the turtle and I want high defense, suddenly I'm like, oh, but I, if I play this really high defense card, then it, then it's so out of balance that if that other player is in play, they will win. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I like that for the wild card factor. Yeah, because then it's, it's also like you can't figure out um, who, you know. I guess like who is well, okay. But hold on, the way that the specialist works, won't that mean that the specialist and somebody else will also win? Is that okay? No, I'm that? I'm saying that there's a threshold. So um, oh, okay. That the uh, if the defense stat is highest, then the yes. defense player wins unless yes. it's so high that it meets the standard of the, who we're now calling the specialist. Okay. Right. So if I'm oh, the, and if the specialist isn't in the game, then that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So right. the so the defense oh. player has a choice to make. Like, do I yeah. play this card and, and assure my victory, or yeah. do I play a different card to to because do you know what I mean? Uh, it also yeah, okay. this also adds some party game uh, mechanics in the sense that there is now enough randomization in this that you can make you have to make some in, intu- uh, intuition choices, which means mm-hmm. that loss might not feel as it might not sting as much. Yeah. Um, but okay, that, that's yeah. playtesting. Uh, wide playtesting will have to determine if that's yeah. true. Or not. Oh, of course. But yeah, that's a cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, that's great. Then, like, if you're the warmonger, you're like, okay, I'll just I'll throw all of my stuff in there. But wait, the specialist might be in the game. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So Ellen has defined the generalist as all stats within five integers of each other, and uh, the specialist as one stat is seven plus greater than the next highest stat. Uh, those feel like good starting numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think now that we have like double the number of parts, we'll be able to. Yeah. And yeah. we'll be able to test the efficacy of this as a strategy, even if we even if the numbers are way off. We'll we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll still be able to test it out. Um, all right. So, so we should do we want to play with with this. I think we've changed a lot of variables. The only other thing I could think of is like, what do we do when you if you can figure out someone else's role? But. I don't know if we want to try that yet. I think maybe we just need to work on the numbers and the length of the round. I agree with you. I think that that, that, is, that is our biggest question, but I think that we need to try it. We need to run through it a couple more times as we make it a little bit more robust before we were able to answer that. So I'm totally with you. Okay. Um, so we should head back and uh, to ask Dale to give us uh, new roles 
of these six now. We'll be back in a second. You know, Dale's been really uh, doing a good job on our Twitter recently. There's this one tweet um, that she posted that was about uh, Spirit Fair that I found mm-hmm. really fascinating. Um, Shriek Friends, I don't know who that is, but they tweeted something that was really interesting that Spirit Fair is super interesting from a game design point of view because like almost everything positive about the early parts become a negative part and executed at the scale of Spirit Fair. Um, hmm. Which, I mean, it sounds like a negative thing for Spirit Fair, you know, at least this person's opinion was. But mm-hmm. um, it, it made me think about like that, like games that are five hours long um, might not work at a scale of 200 hours, you know? Yeah. 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 Those are the kind of interesting insights you can find on our Twitter. Ah, gosh, hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought we were starting another episode. No. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, um, and you can find more um, insightful insights like that. Um, like honestly, I'm still thinking about it now. <laughs> so yeah, Dale does a really excellent job curating not just like great insights from around the game dev universe, but also adorable cat pictures. That's like twenty yes. percent by volume, and of yeah. course, <laughs> news about the show itself. So you want to learn about more what we're up to and engage with us directly. But a big part of it is like serving as what the show does, which is just to be a place where you can learn more about indie game development and learn what other people are doing. And uh, like Steven was saying, new thoughts and new ideas and get you started on your own journey. And so I think yeah. it's, a, it's a great resource on its own um, and a great way to connect with us at the show. You can follow that link uh, at Nice Games. Tweet, tweet. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so Dale has sent us each a role from our now six available roles, and none of us know what the others have. And so this is... Um, I think this is going to change the game quite a bit in a way that is yeah. true. It's truer to what we wanted it to be the whole time. So we're not really making any changes. We're just sort of like in implementing a lot of our ideas that we've had already. So we're still at that mm-hmm. point, which is a fun thing about being able to do a part two. So we're excited about that. All right. Yeah. So 
Um, what is our scenario? I see, Ellen, you have added a fourth scenario. I did. Um, So I, please don't use this against me. I really am (laughs) creeped out by wind turbines. (laughs) Like the the really amazing source of green energy that I think we should build more of. I just hate looking at them and driving Uh by them and thinking about them. So I turned that into our fourth scary scenario of weaponized wind turbine. Green, scary energy. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a re-endorsement. I feel like we should just do that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one requires offensive 15, defensive 15, and intelligence 15. So this is an all-around threat, um, which is actually kind of a good good prototype-y, playtest-y test case for us because all of our roles want different outcomes, right? Um, Right. So, all right. Uh, we're going to use the same deck of cards and the same randomly distributed one because we're pretty sure we didn't memorize the ones we had. Um, <laughs> nope. Yes. Uh, I mean, we don't have to reveal that, but I think that's important when you're like trying to play test quickly. Is like you don't always have to reshuffle the deck. Like if you don't, you know, at least not in the way we, that we're we're forcing ourselves to, which is sort of complicated and involves a shared spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, but again, we have two uh, head parts, two body parts, and eight limb parts. So we're going to be able to do a couple extra rounds here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's pick our first card. I've got mine, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Wait, is there a better one? No, this one's good. This one's good. It's a good card, I swear, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. I am also ready. Okay, cool. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, what type of cards do you want to start? Oh, oh, okay. I'll start. I have a head card. I have a body card. Okay. I also have a body card. Okay. Ah, One of the things I think is fairly obvious is even though we have multiple, we do have multiple slots, but there does seem to be an instinct to fill those slots quickly. Um, Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we have now. There are no more body slots. We each get it. There's no conflict here. Right. Um, Right. So let's go ahead and reveal our cards. Uh, Ellen, why don't you go first? So I have a spiky body card. Um, it has offense two, defense four, and nice. int two. Okay. And Steven, you're tra- keeping track of this still? I am, yep. Uh, my Our- body card is an oak barrel. Um, <laughs> oak barrel. Okay. I mean, it t- takes all parts. Uh, great. It-, it has offensive three, okay. defensive two. And intelligence five. Oh, it's a smart barrel. It's a it's a it's a it's a hardy oak barrel. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, and so mine was uh, the head part, and I picked the algorithmic head. It's just powered by math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got an offense of five, a defense of zero, and intelligence of negative one. Okay, so we're doing pretty good. We're getting close to that 15 on all of our stats. Close-ish. We're making making waves. Yeah. Um, and remember, that's okay. what we're all trying to do here. Is right, right, right. <laughs> yes, yes. Course, no saboteurs course. among us, right? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I man, I... Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Like, do you do y'all have ideas on who's who? I mean, I know who I am. But I don't. I, I think part of the problem is our uh, the way we're doing this 
is yeah. when you 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 say what type of you have you have and then you say the stats. I'm not mm. really retaining the, that in my mind. Yeah. Whereas if I yeah, saw it flipped right. over as a card on a table, um, mm -hmm. I think I might have a better job. So we need to be mindful of how our environment here is shaping this. This also slows the game down quite a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know. Like, I already don't know what your stats were for each of the cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, I'm doing a little bit of deduction based off of the card. I Because I know what card I used. Yeah. But I don't know what card. Other, I don't. Exactly. Remember what other cards other people use. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I kind of remember what you put, Mark. Mm -hmm. and so I can conclude what Ellen put, but that does not give me enough information to determine what the yeah. role is. This is a so, case where when we reveal yeah. it, it the, the moment we reveal it is kind of where everyone can do a little table talk. So, for example, mine has positive stats in all three. So, mm -hmm. so certainly, regardless of what role I had, I can certainly play it up in any way. I could certainly, right. I, I could, I could say like, oh well. Uh, mine has a as a, a five intelligence, but it also has three offense and three and that's the highest offensive body I have. And there are a few yeah. slots in body, so I'm I so you know I can lean into the fact that I'm reeling to you that I'm the warmonger if I want you to think that, and right. or mm -hmm. I could I could play it up if I want you to think I don't want you to think. It's all the same nonsense, uh, you know, like uh, lies and duplicity for all kinds of bluffing games can come and yeah. play here. But it seems like we're not really giving ourselves the natural spaces that that would happen. That's true. The way we're doing this. Um, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't mess it up totally. But I feel like that would probably happen more there. But I'm not really retaining. I'm not able to make those deductions. Or I'm not keeping mindful of that myself. Sure. But nothing. It's not <laughs> concrete at all. <laughs> uh, shall yeah. we pick our next parts? Yeah. We've got yeah. one head part left and then the rest are limbs. So yep. keep that in mind, I suppose, while you're picking. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we are on the pick. Uh, I oh wait, actually that's a pretty decent one. I, I've got options. All right, I'm good to go. I am as well. Okay. Um, I would like to place a limb card. Okay. Me uh, too. Oh well, then the head is mine, I guess. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Ooh. We're all being very deferential. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I picked a head card because I wanted the second chance. Oh yeah. Oh. Ooh. I like that. That's clever. Right? Because none, mm, none but... of my head cards are that great. And so <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, and actually this is a thing we hadn't talked about is in the case of a conflict, what happens to the card you pick? Does it go, does it get discarded? Oh, yeah. Because then question. that's a, that's motivation to not make, not contest a, a rare slot. Yeah. I guess it, uh, I guess if it gets contested, it can't get placed down regardless, right? So it effectively is discarded. Right. But does it go back into your hand? Yeah, you could put it. You could put it again if you have two head part slots and you take the same card out and play it in both rounds. Oh no, but Stephen is well, right. No, it wouldn't. It, once, right, once, it wouldn't it, once it can't be played, it just can't be played anymore. Regardless, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, okay, okay. So that's 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 the case. Regardless, okay. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, mine is a head card. Um, yes. And so uh, Ellen's yours was also a limb card. Yes, mine All was right. also a limb card. It's again the concrete slab arm. Uh huh. <laughs> Your favorite. What is that? One? What's the stats on that one? <laughs> uh, offense four, defense three, int two. Okay, it's a really good arm. <laughs> it is. It just doesn't. It doesn't look like much. It's just a big old concrete slap. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, my my head card is the cone head. Uh, I don't ah. know what that means for this robot, um, <laughs> but it looks nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> plus one offense, negative three Ooh, defense, yeah. and oh, nice. you're gonna have to believe me. I. It's all, it was my only option. <laughs> <And> okay. 
I didn't think I'd be playing this card. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> and uh, plus four intelligence. So that's something. We're getting closer to the goal on that one. Okay, okay. Well, we, we've reached the goal on offense so yeah. far. Unless my card uh, says otherwise. <laughs> oh, wow. I oh, that's I remember fun. what I picked now. Um, I picked a tentacle arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or can you call it an arm if it's a tentacle? Um, <laughs> a tentacle a, limb. Yeah. Tentacle limb, yes. It's got plus three in offense, plus one in defense, and minus one in intelligence. Okay. Okay. So, hmm. Well, now you made a big stint of it, Mark. I'm curious. I don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> what are you trying to pull? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get this robot up to 15, 15, 15. That's the, <laughs> that's my primary goal as, as it should be yours. <laughs> right, right. Of course. Of course. So we all need to pour into defense. And here's the thing about having multiple rounds is that uh. you are able to set aside your secondary goal, right? If like yeah. you're, you could be motivated to do it. Whereas with the two rounds we were playing earlier, it feels like even though you know might you might think well we're going to fail this as a team like you still in your mind in my mind anyway i was only ever going for my secondary goal uh, but now i feel much more like let's focus on the the uh, stats first or the yeah. you know, the objective first um yeah. all right so we're 15 7 14 so we're doing okay but we need to get that defense up so let's head over to round 3 ooh call round 3 all right i know what i'm picking okay i got mine too Oh, mine's kind of tough with what I got in front of me. I'm going to do some thinking. All right. Mm. <laughs> good. That's good. Man, for our listeners, when you come back to this episode later, you'll be like, oh, of course Mark was thinking at this point. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually, this would be a really, I mean, we did a video episode last time and we had a lot mm-hmm. of really good um, visual props. But I think, yeah. I, I think I'm not sure how much of me uh, thinking at this point is that useful even on a second listen, because people don't really know what I'm looking at or what I'm deciding yeah. between. Mm-hmm. Um, so apologies to listeners. I may or may not edit part of this out. Who's, who's to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I get, all right, I'm going for it. I, I picked one. All oh. right. And it's a limb like they all are. Um, yes. Steven, you want to reveal yours first? Yeah, sure. I have picked a jet engine mm. limb. Uh, I don't know that I named that one, but it's a great name for a limb. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, uh, it's offense three. Defense five and intelligence zero. Okay. Uh, Ellen, do you want to go next? You want me to go next? Sure. I actually have a matching jet engine. Oh, Um, yeah. So our robot has two jet engine limbs. This jet engine has different stats. It must have come from a different plane or something. (laughs) Uh, Offense one, defense two, int one. Okay. All right. Uh, Mine is a fat tire. I don't know what you Ooh. meant by that, Ellen. Um, I guess just, <laughs> it's a wheel and it's huge. Um, yeah, it's a big rubbery fat tire. <laughs> uh, zero offense. Uh, okay. Sadly, only one defense. Okay. Um, but happily, five intelligence. Okay. Okay, so we're like rolling off with this uh, with the with the goals here. So we have now we've met everything. We've now met our goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the last round. Yes, coming up. So I think we've just discovered that we have to have a rule here, which is you have to fill up all the robot slots. Oh yeah, you know? we've never we never established that, but yeah, that's yeah. true. That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with multiple players and multiple combinate, like there's you know we we divide evenly into the robot parts, our our cards yeah. and rounds, but that isn't always mm-hmm. going to be the case. And presumably right. our conflict resolution system will account for that. Um, but who who's to say? Uh, we don't need to worry about yeah, that well, just yet. 
we can also have like starting player rotator on the table. So yes, we can, we can figure that stuff out as we play more. Um, yeah. Okay. Third final, final round. Yes. Almost. All right. This is, Oh, I'm actually presented with a really interesting choice here. Oh yeah. I'm still thinking, I don't know. Um, um, I've picked mine. I, uh, I've picked mine. I, I think I've picked mine. Yeah, I've picked mine. <laughs> all right. Uh, all limbs again. Um, I'll, I'll go first this time. Sounds uh, good. And it's a risk. Uh, okay. I picked uh, the insectoid limb, which Ooh. has negative one attack. Oh, my. Which we can afford to lose. Yes. Unfortunately, also negative one defense, which brings us um, one below oh no. the thing. So this okay. is my gamble. I'm gambling that you guys have positive or, or uh-huh. didn't also make the same bet I did. And okay. then intelligence plus three. Okay. Oh, we have dear. to we have to play like we've picked one, right? I know we're in we Excel right picked. now. Yes. But yeah, yeah, like we can't just swap, right? No. No. <sighs> Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll go <laughs> next. You're not gonna like my decision. Uh I picked the stomper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like stomping, I guess still. Uh it has a um plus one in offense, but a minus two in defense. No, no! <laughs> <laughs> and a plus five in intelligence. This uh, is why I went first, so I don't get the blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have gotten I should have gotten first. Oh well. <laughs> don't tell me you went down in defense to that. Really? I don't know if I hurt, but I'm certainly not going to help. <laughs> okay. So I also had the fat tire, but it was a different fat tire. Um, uh-huh. This one had negative two offense. Ooh, that brings zero us- defense. Oh no, and one oh, int. No. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Well, all right, okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> where do we land, Stephen? Uh, all right, <laughs> we got 17 in offense. 12 in defense and 29 in <laughs> Okay, so we, uh, we, you know, not great. Uh, yeah. So we, we failed. The, the, the turbine took us down. It blew mm-hmm. us away. Yep. And Just as Ellen predicted. Uh, so Seriously. I, as, as was fairly obvious, I was the scientist. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. the highest intelligence. Um, yeah. Steven, what role were you? I was the specialist, so I also wanted the highest intelligence. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But, oh, okay, so it's yeah, it's fascinating too because like I originally I um, was trying to pump all of my stuff in offense because I had better cards for that. Yeah. Um, but then de- intelligence took it away because I guess y'all had really cards for that. So well, I, I had thought, five well, last round on it, so yeah. it it, it yeah. pumped it up. Yeah, that was my best play there. Yeah. And then, so um, Ellen, what were you? I was the turtle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you wanted the you wanted the most defense. And yet you didn't give us any defense at the, in the at, at, in the clutch round. Well, the last so and this is interesting is the last round, like I didn't really have many high defense cards to play on limbs. And mm. the highest defense card I had was a head, um, which was but it was also negative in both other values. So it just didn't feel like the thing I wanted to play early on. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So definitely like the gaminess of it and trying to figure out when to play which cards kind of const- you know, constrained me in what I wanted to play yeah. um, to my ultimate detriment because defense is the lowest stat yeah. <laughs> that we have but in our robot. If we yeah. if we had met the defense stat, like if we had gotten to 15, then by yeah. the rules, Steven would have won because yeah. intelligence right. was uh, 11 higher than the next highest stat. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's something I didn't really think about when I was going for intelligence. What I uh, in that previous round, the or the one before the previous, offense and intelligence were similar. It was like eighteen, nineteen, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And offense yeah. was a little higher. And so I was like, okay, I have this five intelligence. If I don't play it now, then I there's a huge risk I won't get it. Uh, th- yeah. So I have to play this now. And then intelligence was ahead. And then at that point, it's like, okay, now it's the final round. Intelligence is ahead, but not by much. And there's a, yeah. there's a number of five cards out there. So I, I chose to protect the lead and hoping that no one would, and, and just negative one defense would took us below the line. And I just yeah. gambled that there was no saboteur. And so that everyone would be motivated to keep that, or rather they'd be mo- more motivated to do the right thing than I was. But yeah. <laughs> a smarter play would have been like, I really should have held off because it was a greater risk that um, the like the, the, the specialist was as much a risk to me as mm-hmm. say the warmonger. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I didn't have yeah. a lot of information to know. It's really just guessing. That's the party game part of it. And I, I mm-hmm. kind of think I, there's part of me that wants to come up with like systems to like be able to deduce. Um, yeah. But part of me wants to like leave it totally to chance so that it, at the end it's like, oh, I guessed wrong. Well, this, so this, it feels, this feels like poker right now. Not in a bad way either. Like, it feels Mm -hmm. good. Like, it's like, um, but it, it's different from, it's not a, it's like, I guess the way that people describe what I call lying games is a social deduction game. Yeah. Because like, Mm -hmm. you're you're supposed to be lying a bunch uh, (laughs) in those. (laughs) But in this game, there's not a lot of incentive to lie. You kind of just put cards down. Yes. Um, And you can use the information like it, like Mark, if I had realized that you were the scientist, I and I mean, I didn't realize that you didn't realize that I was the specialist. Right. Um, I could have leaned into you being the scientist and just made sure that we succeeded yes. and just put a little bit in the defense. But I was like, oh, I also need to pump more stuff into intelligence because I don't, I don't know enough about people's roles, so I need to make sure that intelligence is higher than um, offense uh, by at least seven. Yeah. Um, right. That that you get a lot of inf- you get a lot of benefit from knowing a, a warmonger or turtle or scientist if they are doing well because then you can yes. latch on to that if you exactly. don't if you don't know that then you could the risk is you could waste a, a couple turns on the wrong stat yeah. because maybe no one's going for offensive it just happened to be the offensive bounce so that's interesting yeah. um i will say that um and listeners who do go back and if they are interested in hearing how we played it and maybe now knowing now the roles we had I mm-hmm. did make an effort to make all of my cards were like max, max intelligence. I made an effort to like draw attention away from that. And I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how good a job I did or how good a job I needed to do because this environment does not provide, a, like we talked about before, doesn't provide opportunity. Yeah. But like, yeah. mm-hmm. but in, but it is true that um, my opportunities to pick certain, um, like my other body types um, were, would be so negative to my my secondary goal and mm. also not that great for the primary goal so mm. um it is kind of interesting is like am i in a position where i have to not l- lie but there's like the diplomacy of it like yeah. say like okay mine my three two five is all uh, positive the oak barrel or whatever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like the five is the is the headline feature so can i convince you that i didn't pick it for that reason and do yeah. i need to convince you that i didn't pick it for that reason I think it's the yeah. negative numbers you have to justify in table talk, right? Yeah, especially if it keeps you from winning. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like and with a saboteur, not a guaranteed player, mm-hmm. that actually makes it easier to believe someone just by playing any negative number is not yeah. trying mm-hmm. to mess up the team. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ellen, what was going through your head when you were making decisions on your cards? Well, I just didn't have a lot to pick from. I think, um, you know, and that might be something that we can we can play around with in the draw phase, kind of when you're like dealing dealing cards or something like that. Um, I, you know, I had a high defense body that I, you know, played, I think. Yeah. And I had this high defense head that I didn't get a chance to play. And, but then like the defense stats in the arms or the limbs that I had just weren't anything special. So I think I just didn't do a great analysis of what my deck was um, mm. to try to win, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it didn't feel bad. It just, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's so fast that it, it does it does feel a lot more like poker. It's so fast that it's like, okay, well, I'll try again on the next hand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's what I, I, ultimately, I think what I come around, away from this is, is like, we need more hands, more chances to put cards down. Because yeah. then you can make more conclusions and there's more time to make conclusions and strategize based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the risk there is that um, I don't love the idea of like so many turns that I, yeah. I want to think about planning a three turn strategy because oh, I, okay. one of the things I do kind of like, and I think that there's there's problems with this, but I like yeah. that my which card to pick, like there's there isn't a lot of choice paralysis in this game. I think we all sort of talked mm-hmm. about like, hmm, which one? But I never mm-hmm. felt like it was that hard ultimately to pick one. It felt like yeah. there was some also there wasn't an obvious pick, which is a real risk for a game like this is just making yeah. a system where the right answer is obvious. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. I think we did a really good job there. Um, yeah. But I also like the balance where it, like there's enough that's different, uh, unique about your combination of cards that you can kind of come to. This is the best choice. But if this and this is true then this mm-hmm. is the best choice. And not knowing yeah. the answer to that is a little bit tricky. And you have to sort of, you know, pull the lever or throw the die or whatever other gambling metaphor. But like, yeah. it doesn't, it hasn't, at least to me, felt like so hard to decide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's good. But if there were multiple, multiple, tur- like many, many turns, right. and I want to be like, I'm going to play this card, then I have more uh, strategies. So if yeah. I, my secondary strategy, I want high intelligence. Or I'm looking at the robot right now and I want, to, to improve the overall goal. We're really down on defense and I want to win on defense because I want us to win overall. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll not play this intelligence card. I'll play that. If I have other options, like I could play for my primary goal, secondary goal, or I could do a, a, a sneaky move or I could do a counter move. Like ha- and then yeah. I can do any of those things in my turn. Then the choice becomes harder. Right. Right. But if my choices yeah. are just two of those things and not the, t- not the same every time, but it could be that Oh, defense is too or offense is too high, and I have a negative two offense, and I'll play that because it also has a plus one intelligence instead of my plus three intelligence or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I'll yeah. play a counter move instead of a secondary move or whatever. Yeah, that's still two choices, and so I like. So I, I, I'm, I'm. That's my whole deal. I don't want it to get too long. I agree. I don't want it to get too long either, and I, I agree that like adding too much planning would not be good because mm-hmm. then like you're not playing it like poker you're playing it like well there's a little bit of risk involved but like yeah yeah you wouldn't be playing it like poker i guess yeah um, if you're doing too much planning so i don't know I, I i do think that like a little bit of length would be good but maybe we can add some form of um randomness outside of um, the different players to make it feel even more like poker i don't know yeah <laughs> kind of yeah, leaning into sure. the poker idea I think that kind of brings me to like, well, what would we try next? And I feel like yeah. the thing that we'd 
I think I'd want to play test next is, you know, what it feels like to maybe play around a table. So like put it into tabletop simulator or something like that. Yeah. Um, but also figure out a way to score. Like, so I, I think feel like that this game is like a game where you do rounds and each mm-hmm. scenario is a round, mm-hmm. but you win the game by meeting some condition or something at the end of X number of rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And the, the other issue is like um, making sure the primary goal stays the primary goal because, because yeah. even if the game says we lost, I still kind of feel like I won. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. And to, to, to motivate that. And maybe that's a case of like, you can't do a certain thing until the primary goal is reached or something like that. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. So listener, we just had a, what would you call it? A 23 hour, 24, no, 27 hour break from the end of our last recording. <laughs> yes. Or something. Cause something came up. The song. Yeah. Something came up. <laughs> and so we're actually getting back to, it. we just listened back to the last minute of what we were talking about. Um, yeah. Ellen, where were we? <laughs> Why me? <laughs> uh, we literally just went over this two minutes ago and I'm panicking. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> I think um, we were talking about uh, what we would try to figure out in our future playtest session. Yeah, I think so. We've all kind of, you know, bounced around ideas and reactions to play se- or jam session number two. And I think we all kind of want to keep going with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it doesn't really make sense to keep going with it in Excel. So I think the last thing we mentioned yesterday was maybe putting it in tabletop simulator. And I, I still feel pretty good about that as a next step. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Cause we identified a couple of things that would make it hard to learn what we need to learn about it now. Um, yeah. in, in its, in its prototypey prototypey form. Now mm-hmm. it's just, just one prototypey is, is the next step mm-hmm. we need to get to. Um, yeah. So that's good. So the other thing is we have the big question to a- answer, which we sort of uh, posited at the start of this, We, which was like, how do we um, get players to react or give them tools to make fun the learning of what other people's roles are? Right. Right. And yeah. I think I, I don't know because of the way we were looking at or playing our second run through just now, just now um, that uh, <laughs> that we still have it hard to even uh, uh, deduce what the other players are. Um, yeah. so I'm not sure how equipped we are to even answer the question still after these two run throughs. Um, but I'd like to chat about it before we end the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, cause I, I think while, while we were playing it, I was getting an ink, like I was getting an inkling of like that, that counterplay because I was trying to figure out who you were, Mark, and trying to play around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the idea of playing around what, who, who you are, what your role is was really cool and I, I don't know that every role like feel, fits that the, the the um the role i was was you know i was trying to i was the, the specialist so like i was trying to make sure that i had more than everybody else or i had a, such a great amount of um points that like i would you know win from that mm-hmm. and so like i felt like there was some interplay between like i was very interested to see or i was very interested in what other people were doing Oh, that's actually Whereas, really interesting like, that some roles yeah. care more about what the other people are than others. Yeah. Do, right? Whereas like like the mormonger or the scientist would not care. Um at least if there's only one, they would not care. Because like yeah. they just want to make sure that there is as highest. They well actually I take that back. Now that we've added the specialists and the generalists and stuff, um the warmonger would want to make sure they win, but just enough so that the specialist and the generalist could not win. Right, right. I think one of the things that I know some card games of this type have are 
especially when they have things like roles and asymmetric um, uh, character uh, traits or goals, yeah. is mm-hmm. they have some in the, if it's your first time playing, play with these, then introduce yeah. these more difficult, more complicated mechanics. Not that they aren't all yeah. balanced, but that it requires a little bit more familiarity with how the game works and, and basic strategies before using them. I don't know that, right. I don't, it seems like maybe that's the case here. I'm a little wary of like coming up with different versions of the game in that way. I would love to have a system that doesn't require that kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, piece of instruction in the rule book. Um, and so maybe that's a case of like giving the our, our, our sort of more boring roles something a little bit more interesting to do or more interest, more things to more ways to react uh, when they find yeah. out when these sort of more specialist or specialized roles uh, are are at play. Yeah, that's a good point. I think one game I might play in the meantime, before we do our next iteration, uh, our next session of iteration on Robostin, is the game Coup. Have you guys played that before? I've played it. Oh, I I hate that game. game? (laughs) I hate it so (laughs) much. That game is only bluffing and it's only counter moves. That's why I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's the difference that, Stephen, you were talking about, like the difference between like a bluffing game and a deduction game. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I like diplomacy style games, I like 4X games where you have to where you're trying to negotiate with other players and you may not tell them everything, you know, or tell yeah. them what, exactly what you're going to do. But I think that there's a line I, that 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 gets crossed with me when it just becomes a game where you just straight out lie about what's true. And, yeah. <laughs> and I hate those games. <laughs> but this game does yeah. invite some of that. And that's not I'm not against that happening here. It's just I'm not the prime customer for it, I guess. But that's yeah. well. It's it, yeah. I think that um, I think I, I I like playing coup. I don't like playing it over and over again. It's just not a game that I think has lots of like long-standing legs for me. But it also mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be designed to do that. That's true. You play yeah. just like you know hours and hours of it. Um, yeah. But I do like that. I mean, there, that bluffing strategy with different roles. There is an element of that in Robostin. Yeah, um, yeah. that's yeah. emerging as a part of the fun. And so I think I might play coup a couple of times with some folks to see, just think about how those bluffing dynamics work and how they're, you know, how the counter moves work, because there might be something for us to learn there. Um, even though I, you know, that's not what we're trying to make this game into. Right. Yeah. Um, even having like more actions, I think might help with that. Um, and who has a bunch of actions that we could maybe um, borrow quote unquote uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, our, for our game. Um, but also more things uh, that could, um, give up what role you are like more mechanics yeah. that might reveal because what i really like about what we've done here is that when i choose a card to play which is really my main it's my main uh agency uh, in the game mm-hmm. um it it uh i might want to choose this one because it reaches my goal better but i might not want to choose it because it reveals my role and yeah. i think if we have more mechanics that give players a lot of power a lot of agency to complete their goal at the cost of making it suddenly very difficult to reach their goal in future turns because everybody will know what they're up to right. um then that gives players a lot of that risk reward that i love so much yeah yeah uh i can't remember what game there was that we were playing in the past but like there was like a uh, uh social deduction lying game or whatever and like you could reveal your role at any point um, and you get, yeah, you get some special bonus, but then like everybody knows who you are at that time. Oh, um, right. It's a, it'd be like a power move to be like, you know, you yeah, pull off the yeah, mask and yeah. you're like, ah, it was me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <And> then... <laughs> <laughs> but like, as a result of that, you know, everybody knows it was you the whole time. And so in future rounds or future sessions, 
um, then they'll know that like uh, Steven wants to sabotage, uh, wants to sabotage. So we'll um, play around that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think like having that information helps you make better decisions about uh, having that information helps you make better decisions because you know how other people are going to want to try to win. Yeah, you don't know what their cards are, but you can figure out what um, like how they're going to play their cards. Right. Right, Generally right. speaking, I guess at any point, like somebody could be, oh, I'm as the scientist, they could be, oh, we've got enough intelligence at this point. I'm just going to uh, put whatever I want down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that would be bad. Well, I, I want to motivate players to uh, keep their role a secret mechanically as long as possible. Yeah. And, and, and I think um, not necessarily. And I think the way to do that, actually, is to make the the co-op goal much more important. Um, than it is now and if that means more than just those threshold numbers but some other uh, thing or um, maybe it's when you when you complete the when you build the robot then the robot needs to do something or you know which I think I was against when we were talking early on I kind of like the game being over immediately but almost to have more to do co-op I think because I'm still because mm-hmm. the thing I said before the break that I still feel really strongly about is I I think other than just telling players that you have this primary goal there's no reason for them to feel that it's primary um and i and i think that we as playtesting it we kind of just took it as red but i could see people approaching the game and never and and like why would i bother like you know just because the rules say so you know what i mean yeah Um, the the rules have to have to enforce that in some capacity and i don't don't think we have that yet um but that would that would do that would also do Stephen, what what you're saying which is to prevent that uh, that sort of um it keep players from just being like, bah, who cares about, about if they know yeah. what role I am, you know? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've kind of resolved it. We're going to keep at this one, right? Mm-hmm. So listeners who enjoy our nice games jam episodes, you can stay tuned for a little mini series. We don't know how many of these we're going to do, but at least one more, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, Ellen, you laid out our next step is let's get this on tabletop simulator so we can actually have a little bit a, a different environment, a little bit more robust environment to get this working in. Yeah, I was going to say we should try to bring in a, an external playtester on our tabletop sim build. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get a guest on board for that episode, the next episode for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, Stephen, we have our deck of cards. I don't know if you want to take a peek at that. I, I know you like numbers. I do like numbers so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will. I'll take a peek at those. Because right now we, ha- we still have a disconnect between like our three stats, offense, defense, intelligence, and that mm-hmm. they have really little to do uh, with if it's a head, a limb or, a, or body. Um, yeah, and maybe we're okay with that. Um, I don't know that I want to totally balance the game around just making sure all the numbers line up. Um, mm-hmm. I want to. I think I'd love a little more thematic connection. Uh, I want like a limb could be a weapon. It could be a projectile weapon or an axe. Like, and that would have a different. Like, I, I'd love to have a more I- interesting sets of things than just numbers. Um, yeah, and uh, but that's not homework. That's just going to have to be worked out uh, next time. Yeah, for sure. That's our show. Check out our website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topics. If you like this episode, give us a review on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends. Independent podcasts like ours need word of mouth to grow. We love hearing from our listeners. For a quick way to give us feedback on the show, head over to nicegames.club feedback and fill out a short little form. You can also get in touch with your nice hosts on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and cats getting daily exercise. I swear, this is a good video. Y'all should look at this. <laughs> it's great. Or you can email us through contact at nicegames.club. Ask us questions, suggest topics, or just say hello. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Nice games.
Um, okay, so we do a cut here then. That's the idea. Yeah, or I mean, we can just leave the recording running, but yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. if anything we keep comes going. out of it. But yeah. Um, all right, okay. so let's let's get the stats on the current cards then. Um, let's do and do all that noise, and we'll just record a okay. lots of unusable audio right now. But that's great. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.